Greetings, friends. My name is Weston Nakamura from BlockWorks Macro in Tokyo. After Asia markets closed, welcome to the Market Death Podcast, bringing you global market commentary and analysis from the Asia-Pacific trading session so that you know what happened overnight. All right, today we saw the most aggressive yuan-strengthening policy actions that we've seen so far this year out of China, and indeed resulting in a very sizable and sustained move downward in dollar-yuan, as in dollar down, yuan up, and with spillovers to global FX markets, okay? And then we're also going to talk about China's dollar-denominated junk bond market that's imploding throughout the week, currently as we speak right now. And we're going to have a special focus on Wanda Group in particular and the insane price volatility swings of its $400 million bond that's maturing this week and the wide array of actions, inactions, words, symbolism, and all that that's emanating out of that which has the most influential drive over green and red blinking tickers, and that would be China's policymakers, as we discussed last time. So if we just separate these sort of words and gestures and then separate them from the actual direct market activity that's being taken, there are two things that become very apparent. Number one, Markets simply are no longer listening to Chinese authorities' soothing jawboning anymore, or at least for the time being, okay? And then number two, it's not only clear that the yuan is still what's taking front and center urgency above and beyond anything else economically, as evidenced by the actual market actions that are being taken rather than just talk and symbolism, but... In addition to that, it's also that one of the primary reasons for the actual actions taken in saving the yuan or attempting to save the yuan um, is revealing itself, okay? It's because the yuan is patient zero for all of these other economic and market dominoes that can fall thereafter should the yuan fall. It's the property and junk bond market um, and the USD-denominated junk bonds. Let's first go over what's been happening regarding their yuan-saving efforts in the last few days. Today in particular, okay, as the Chinese yuan is actually on a pretty significant nearly 0.7% sharp intraday reversal rally against the dollar today due to China pulling out even bigger guns that they've been using and adding new guns to their in their war against yuan sellers, okay? So... Three things China did to rally the yuan today. So, first of all, first line of defense, the daily yuan fixing, right? So, they set the PBOC set the daily yuan midpoint fixing at the strongest levels versus consensus expectations since last November. Since last November when dollar yuan was at its lows and then turned around and rallied, okay? Today's fixing, more than 600 pips stronger than the estimates were expecting. Double that of the widest spread year to date. This is when like the strongest fixes were topping out at like 300 pips above consensus earlier this, this month. Um, and if you guys remember, when I first started pointing this whole thing out, right, about the Yuan daily fixing, and they're setting the fixing rate 100, 200, 300 pips stronger than expectations. And I was saying that at the time, yeah, those those levels, like 100, 200, 300 pips stronger fixings day after day, that is significant. 
But let's keep in context, these stronger fixings are nowhere near the levels of like stronger fixings that the PBOC was doing in the extreme days of 2022. Okay, you remember me saying that at all? Well, today, they went to those levels, the 2022 type levels of 600 pips. Okay, so going into this daily fixing at 9.15 a.m., estimate was for dollar CNY was 7.2146. The actual midpoint fix was set at 7.1466 on dollar CNY. That is an incredibly and very blatantly decisive action taken and message sent. The PBOC isn't tiptoeing around or messing around today. The yuan will be stronger today. And stronger it was. Okay, here's the market. This is dollar CNH offshore and inverted, and it went from 7.23 to 7.15 after the fix. Um, and what's notable about those levels is that there was a very large options open interest for expiry today at 7.2 strike calls. Okay. Now, do you remember when I said that the new PBOC head and this, as Janet Yellick calls, acting governor, Pond? He is an FX markets guy, right? I said, keep in mind, this guy is a markets guy. As in, he understands market dynamics. You know, he might as well be a trader himself, right? He knows about market positioning. He knows when and how to squeeze markets and all of that. So this is what I mean, right? This is a very deliberate move to force billions of notional in dollar yuan 7.2 calls that were about to expire in the money to suddenly be forced out of the money and then scramble to cover on momentum. And this dollar yuan move actually moved the entire dollar complex that occurred at that moment. Now, among the major FX crosses against the USD, the biggest outperformer was the Aussie dollar. Now, some of the move in AUD was indeed due to a surprise positive jobs figure that drummed up, you know, kind of hawkish RBA sentiment. Um, Two-year Aussie yields had also spiked alongside this, right? But... As you can see, the Chinese yuan and the Aussie dollar maintained their price action together, their correlation throughout the trading day. So, you know, Australia jobs figures or otherwise, this is indeed very much a China-related matter as much as it was an AUD data-related matter, if not more so. Okay. And here is what I mean by when I say impacting the entire dollar complex. The super strong yuan fix at 9.15 a.m. local time, that took the dollar spot index, DXY, decisively downwards with it. All right? That's what I mean. And then as the day goes on, as you can see, the the dollar, be it via the you know DXY basket um, or index or via dollar yen, the dollar had subsequently recovered later in the day, right? But... Note what didn't participate in this intraday dollar rebound, the Aussie dollar and the Chinese yuan. That's how big of a move in magnitude this yuan fix was, all right? So that shockingly strong daily fixing rate, that was shot number one of three that was fired off today out of the PBOC. Number two was simply more of the same of late. State banks directed to sell dollars and buy yuan. This is the cavalry that follows an initial jolt move at the fixing to sustain it throughout the day and then sustain it into the close, importantly, right? Because if you sustain that into the close stronger and you have a stronger close, 
that sets you up for another stronger fix rate for the following day, the next day. And so this sustained, you know, selling USD through state banks, this is how dollar yuan and arguably also Aussie dollar remained basically immune from the broader dollar um, rebound that occurred, you know, from midday. The midday dollar strength alongside maintained dollar yuan down that you see in that chart, where even towards the end of the session, the Aussie dollar starts to even gravitate towards the, that dollar strength. What that shows you is that the down move in USD CNH is not dollar weakness, as you can see. The dollar is re-strengthening. It is simultaneous and serious sustained yuan strength that is doing that. Okay? And then bullet number three of three fired off today. And this is the new one. This is a kind of a new, a new tool, although they used it last year as well, but new for this round or this cycle, I guess, if you want to call it that. The easing of cross-border financing rules. All right. So let me explain this. So the PBOC, they raised a cross-border financing ratio. And what that is is it puts a cap on how much corporates can borrow overseas as a relative portion of its balance sheet assets. Okay, and so raising the ratio from 1.25 to 1.5, that allows for domestic firms to raise funds in overseas markets, raise more funds much easier in overseas markets. Now, this might seem very kind of weird, right? Because why, why would they encourage taking more offshore debt? And what does that have to do with you, you know, you want strengthening? Well, it's not so much an encouraging of offshore debt issuance as it is a discouraging of domestic debt via buying dollars and selling onshore yuan. Because, and we're going to get into this more in depth in a minute, with the dollar debt defaults that are blowing up the property sector bond market this week. But, you know, just broadly speaking, right, just remember, like, the strong dollar is very bad for EM credit and if they have a lot of dollar liabilities and all that, right? And I know that you all know this kind of this this general concept principle of like USD going up is bad for emerging markets, especially indebted emerging markets and EM credit and debt, right? Um, but it's kind of hard to maybe conceptualize for certain people. For me, it was when I was first getting to finance. Um, but here's the very simple explanation of the concept that somebody once explained to me years ago in my kind of institutional finance days that immediately like that simple simplified it conceptually like instantly okay so the reason why a strong us dollar destroys emerging market credit is because when an emerging market based corporate or whatever entity whatever borrows in usd what that is is essentially that's opening a short us dollar position right a short us dollar position that you have to close out at some point so if you're borrowing in USD, you're shorting the US dollar. And just like any other short position, if you're short USD and the dollar goes up, your short position is getting more and more expensive to buy back and cover an exit. And also just like any other short position, if it's a big enough move higher, then you might find yourself with unlimited downside and unable to even close out your position and you'll be just be destroyed financially, okay? And so that's that's how that works conceptually, right? So I hope that that helps um, for anyone who might have needed some more clarity on why dollar going up is bad for emerging market debt, right? It's a dollar short position. Dollar goes up. 
that's bad for your short position. All right, so back to this like easing of the cross border, f- you know, financing rule. All right, so by encouraging borrowing funds offshore or by discouraging borrowing yuan funds, what you're doing is you're encouraging shorting in offshore currencies or discouraging and shorting yuan, right? If you issue yuan debt, that's shorting the yuan. If you borrow overseas, you are shorting other currencies and therefore buying the yuan, all right? And they also know that nobody wants to, let alone can borrow offshore right now anyway, okay? No one's going to lend to some Chinese, like some over-levered Chinese lender right now. So all this is is basically just another yuan-saving tool just to add to the mix of, you know, the super strong yuan fix rate and then the state bank continued dollar selling throughout the day, all right? And, by the way, do you know who approved of this easing of the cross-border financing ratio rule? It was jointly approved, quote-unquote jointly approved, by two institutions, the PBOC, the central bank, as well as SAFE, the State Administration of Foreign Exchange. And... Oh, how convenient. There is one individual who happens to oversee both of those, who kind of recently just consolidated in this new role. The newly promoted, quote, acting governor of the PBOC is Janet Yellen Clausen. Pan Gong Cheng. This is the type of thing that is why Yi Gang was suddenly removed out and Pan Gongsheng, a party nobody, was shoved into this role at this particular moment, okay, in order to do things like this. He is the director of SAFE, or he was um, prior to this and still remains so, and they just married those two roles together with being the head of the central bank as well, all right? So he could do this because currency is on fire and they need to mitigate that risk immediately, that's why he is there. Um, one of many examples, but it's a perfect example of him in action. So the question is, so why are they suddenly kind of re-freaking out now about the yuan? Like, wasn't the dollar finally dropping as of late? And, you know, wasn't there kind of a, a floor that was put on the yuan for once? So there's two reasons why now. First reason is, yes, USDCNH and USDCNY may have eased off of that critical 7.3 level that, if broken, that would mark a new 15-year high on dollar yuan. Um, but as of late, though temporary, it has backed off of that, right? But we also need to take into account the yuan as measured by the CFETS exchange rate, all right? Now, bear with me for a second. CFETS stands for... China Foreign Exchange Trade System, which is an FX trading division of the People's Bank of China, of the, of the Central Bank. And by the way, guess who oversees that as well? But basically, all you have to know is that CFETS has its own construction of the yuan against a diverse basket of various other, you know, major global currencies, okay? So just think of like this CFETS currency basket as China's version of DXY, if you will, right? So... The, so the, that way the yuan isn't measured simply against just one currency pair, USDCNY. You know, it's more of a broader-based sort of basket of different global currencies and all that. Um, and Chinese state media often refers to how the yuan is doing um, versus the CFETS yuan index, particularly when it suits their purposes. 
um, rather than just USDCNH or USDCNY. Um, and the kind of the weighting allocations of the different currency pairs, you know, be it like the USD or the Euro or the British pound or the Japanese yen or whatever, those like weighting allocation percentages, they kind of move around, you know, at the end of each year and rebalance. But its biggest weighting by and large is, of course, USD. Now, they don't actually officially publish this CFET's RMB basket price itself, like intraday tick by tick. Although you can just construct it yourself and you can just see it in real time, which I did not do. But they do actually publish where it is, but they do it like on a, like a once a week or so basis, right? Which is like, I don't know, horrendously useless for uh, FX trading. But nonetheless, here it is, okay? This is the CFETS RMB index. This is what the basket of currencies against the yuan looks like um, as constructed by the PBOC. And so, as you can see, although USDCNY may have stabilized a bit this month, the CFETS basket, the CFETS yuan basket, has not stabilized this month. It's just been going down and down and down because the July dollar sell-off means that every other currency in the world went up because the dollar sold off. And so, therefore, the CFETS yuan basket, despite being heavily dollar-weighted, continued to go down and actually hit new lows on the year. In other words, the Chinese yuan was hitting new lows on the year against this basket of diverse currencies globally. And what's kind of hilarious, too, is that going into 2022, they actually increased the USD weighting um, in the basket, the percentage of it. Okay, that's that top headline. Uh, that is from December 31st, 2021. Okay, so going into 2022, they increased the USD weighting. Um, and that was not a good idea going into 2022 because in 2022, the dollar surged and crushed the CVS yuan basket more than it would have had they not rebalanced it heading into that year. So as the horrendous year of 2022 for the yuan versus the dollar ended, heading into 2023, they rebalanced it again. And this time they went the other way and they cut the weighting of the dollar and the euro. And then this year the CFETS yuan basket is down more than the straight-up dollar yuan cross, right? But this is what they also watch and measure um, for, you know, relative yuan currency prices, okay? It's not just USD CNY or USD CNH, okay? And so yuan measured in this price. This is what is continued to get hammered throughout this month um, and, you know, hitting kind of multi-year lows almost, right? So that's reason number one for why they took these very bold and decisive and aggressive yuan supporting measures today. The second reason that they're acting with urgency now um, are because is because of the property developers and the defaults that rocked the Chinese corporate dollar junk bond market this week. All right, so let's get into that saga. So in the past three days. There have been three key single-name credit default risk events that had led to the worst three-day sell-off um, in the space this year. Number one, you have Greenland Holding Group. This is a state-owned property developer that defaulted on a 6.75% USD bond. Then you also have Sino Ocean Group which is another state-backed real estate investment firm that halted trading 
in one of its yuan bonds. And then finally, you have Wanda Dalian Group, which is they're basically they're not really property they're mostly like malls and commercial property um as an, as opposed to residential um you know although at one point it owned like amc the movie theater meme stock right so wanda delian group revealed that they have they are 200 million usd short of default on a 400 million dollar bond maturing at the end of the week all right and so what's the big deal right like Chinese property developers are uh, default risk. That's how is that news, right? Well, yeah, I agree for deadbeat firms like Levergrand. But the three I just mentioned, the first two of those are state backed, okay. And then Wanda Group is supposed to be like the rare sort of safe one, um, and yet still the two state backed firms and the kind of golden horse like safe one. Even they can't find funding currently and are in this like minute to minute default, not default sort of risk. Okay. So, what I'm going to do is I want to focus on Wanda Group specifically because its bonds have been absolutely insane this week. And it also reveals why, in part, Chinese officials are doing everything to uplift the yuan. Okay. There are direct ties to this. That's why I'm bringing this up. All right, so let's talk about Wanda Group. Wanda Group, despite being seen as the relative, like, safe, not safe haven, but, like, the, the safest one, you know, the filth, less, the least filthiest shirt in, in a horrendous pile of laundry. So they basically have a $400 million USD bond that's due on July 23rd. That's this Sunday, for which um, that bond issue has seen some pretty wild swings this year okay in this chart that black line that is the bond price of wanda's 400 million issue that's due this this week okay um this chart is as of the end of june okay so it stops at the end of june doesn't take into account the month of july but you can see that in the month of may that bond price plummets to 70 cents on the dollar all right but then it recovers back to above 90 meaning you know the market believes that the bond will mature and principal will be, you know, paid in full and on time, probably. Um, you know, with it having it trade over, you know, close to par, like over 90 cents uh, on the dollar, particularly amongst its peers, which are not at all trading there. But then earlier this week, just days before this bond matures, we start seeing cracks emerge in kind of those other developers and defaults and more bond risks just kind of just kind of like mini explosions here and there right and then on tuesday wanda group reveals that that 400 million bond repayment due on sunday yeah they might be short by about 200 million dollars and so those bonds immediately tank from 93 cents on the dollar down to Below 70 instantly, okay? That's a massive move. Um, and that spreads fear across the entire Chinese, you know, dollar junk bond space. Because remember, Wanda Group was supposed to be the financially sound responsible ones. You know, the, the ones with solid investments and things like pre-meme stock AMC theaters and things like that, right? And then, just as I was recording this, okay, so earlier, it turns out 
that Wanda may be able to fire sell some assets and then use those proceeds for that $200 million hole and pay back the July 23rd bond in full, all $400 million in full on time. And then subsequently, that July 23rd bond price reverses and makes a record move surge back upwards as of now, as of this recording. So first of all, can we all just pause and just look at this chart? That is a corporate bond. That is not a meme stock, okay? That is an insane move and volatility for that for to, to exhibit that, okay? But what I really want to know is, where did Wanda come up with that $200 million in asset sales that they didn't have 24 hours prior that led to that cliff dive but then suddenly had this reverse reversal. How does that happen? Corporates don't just find things like assets to sell between the couch cushions, okay? They make announcements like we're $200 million short of a $400 million payment. They make those announcements public and then have these kind of the market plummet on them because they have, they've exhausted all, all, all other options, all right? So where did it come from? Well, the only ones who could provide them with this is government. Government provides them with the means to do so, right? But as we know, Chinese officials are not in the business of direct bailouts, okay? They're not in the business of privatizing gains and socializing losses, all right? That's what we call capitalism with American characteristics. But what they are in the business of is currency price control. And so Wanda seems to have come up with that 200 million USD to make that full $400 million payment, right? Now, I have to believe that wherever and however they got that 200 million and so quickly, they basically, they acquired 200 million exactly, okay? Not 660 million from some asset sale, not 476 million, but the exact amount that they are short, just enough to get through Sunday. However, that $200 million, or even that full $400 million, okay? That's the amount in U.S. dollars that they owe to their creditors. And whatever it was, whatever they just fire sold in order to, to raise that money, right? That was likely a Chinese asset. In other words, they sold something and they raised about 1.44 billion yuan in proceeds, which amounts to about 200 million USD at an exchange rate of dollar yuan 7.2. And I'm just using 7.2 as a random figure example, okay? But in between that time, like now and Sunday, when that bond matures, what what if dollar yuan exchange rate were to move? And what if it were to move such that dollar yuan goes higher? Well, if dollar yuan were to move up by only 1%, that's an additional 30 million worth of yuan needed to pay back that same 400 million USD. 30 million in extra yuan that they do not have, given that, as I said, they somehow just raised just enough to get by. So what that means is that they need USD to, at the very least, stay where it is relative to the yuan, okay? That exchange rate needs to stay flat, if not depreciate versus the yuan. And actually, if it is that other way, if the dollar does fall um, against the yuan, then that's actually less yuan needed to pay back that $400 million. But either way, 
the dollar yuan cannot move higher during the yuan asset fire sale time or its default on principal. It's not they don't have enough to pay back the full principal. Okay, and so once again, Chinese authorities are not in the private sector bailout with public funds business, but they are in the currency exchange rate setting business. And so you could probably see where I'm going with this. All right. But this is why, in my view, this is the tie-in, the very obvious tie-in, why they did such an aggressive, huge move on multiple fronts to strengthen the yuan and successfully do so. Okay, because if not for that, all of these USD is not just Wanda Group, all of these other USD like soon to be defaults that are coming, they're going to get worse or easier to deal with based simply on where dollar the US dollar is trading against the yuan. And so if the yuan is about to break through a new 15-year low at you know if it goes through 7.3 that would essentially mean in probably an oversimplified way but that would essentially mean that any Chinese corporate borrower who borrowed in USD over the last 15 years has put on that USD short position that I was talking about earlier and has to cover higher and that's not good so that is why there is so much concentrated effort on just keeping a floor under the yuan or a lid on the dollar. And that's why it's kind of patient zero for all of the other problems. And so, look, I've said this before in market depth, right? Look, if China's top policy officials, if they're this concerned, if not outright panicked, about the de- deteriorating value of the yuan, okay, and suddenly and, and definitively so, right, when literally every other policy aid for every other sector or issue has been completely lacking any detail but if they're this concerned and this determined and this kind of united um in taking actual action such that they have no choice but to even show their hand um in their desperation to go to battle for the yuan against markets then we should also be concerned that they are that concerned okay frankly we don't know what's actually going on but just observing their behavior Okay, i.e. what's observable. That's bad enough, okay? It's like if your neighbor was the director of the CIA, okay? And let's say he was just like a normally just a very nice, calm guy who just who waves at you as he mows his lawn every week and all that. But then one day you see him and his family like in full hazmat suits like kick open their front door, leave it open, and suddenly burst out of their house with their arms full of as much canned soup and guns as they can carry, and they run into their bomb shelter and they seal the door shut. Wouldn't that perhaps raise an eyebrow as to what that guy that knows what nobody else does, why is he behaving in such a way? And now, no, I'm not saying go run for the bomb shelter by any means, but based on Wanda Group or whatever, right? You know, maybe someone's after this CIA guy's particular, you know, family individually only, and maybe it is otherwise contained, to keep that analogy going. But what I am saying is that just be aware, okay? Just keep a close eye on those who are the most informed and aren't exactly the most like kind of heads up transparent type publicly on what they're doing or not doing in markets um, and why they're doing things. Okay. Because God knows what's really under the hood. This is just what we can see. Who knows what they know or what's really going on. Right. So very significant 
multifaceted effort to strengthen the yuan today, and you, it's it's coinciding right alongside all of these defaults. You have Wanda Group raised this two hundred million dollars to be able to make this payment. All of this is happening not coincidentally in time. Okay, this is all happening in tandem, working together with policy officials. Policy officials are currently working to keep the yuan down, if not strengthen it for this reason, amongst many others. Once those other reasons emerge, I will certainly bring them to your attention. But for now, that's it. On behalf of BlockWorks Macro, my name is Wes Nakamura. Please follow me at Across the Spread. Please make sure you like and subscribe to the Market Depth Podcast. We will see you all soon. Thank you. Bye.